Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women that have taken part in the Practice Makes Some Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So Diane, hi and welcome to the PMU NDA podcast. Thank you very much. Very pleased to be here. So before we get into the meat of our discussion, let's hear a bit about you. What's your name and job title? Where do you work and what do you do there? And I guess a bit about what you did before there as well. Yeah, sure. So um, hi, everyone. I work for Broadsword. Um, We're an events and communications agency based in London. Uh, We work within the corporate events sector. We do uh, live events, virtual events, hybrid events, uh, mainly for the financial services sector, but also for other corporate clients as well. Uh, We have offices in London, also Hong Kong, and um, and also a few other places around the world where we've, we've started to work, like the US uh, also. Um, my job title here is Client Services Manager, and I work within the commercial team, um, looking after taking uh, briefs from clients and um, working with the operations team to coordinate the details of those briefs, uh, and also some marketing as well falls into me, under me. Um, the... Um, the work that I do now uh, does fit quite nicely into my career. I've had 20 years experience working in the events sector overall, um, starting out within the venue sector and moving up through um, uh, working for a publishing company and then into um, agency uh, latterly. So, uh, yeah, that's that's me. Fantastic. So you've done it all. So we're going to talk today about post-pandemic events. And this is an issue pretty close to my heart because we do huge number of events and yay and the strike group and I guess things have been very different uh, so first of all tell me why you want to talk about this subject in particular I think it's it's such a big topic really you know so it's it's quite difficult to kind of narrow it down but there are so many issues uh within sort of the, when you look at sort of post-pandemic events and um, I think as an industry, we, we all feel like we've come through something uh, in the last 18 months. It's been a really tough time for everyone across the board, you know, um, clients, suppliers, uh, agencies, hospitality companies, uh, live events, crews uh, that, you know, it hasn't it's, it's nobody hasn't touched really. And obviously that's that's true of the pandemic itself as well. You know, we, we've all been through that. Um, and I think it's it's caused so many changes and waves um throughout the industry as well and there's there's lots of uh, of different things that have happened um some positive and some some not so positive really when you look at the way that um uh, the events landscape has, has changed so I, I guess um you know i like to focus on the positives when looking at those changes um you know and and, and some of those are uh, you know, looking around that sort of a sustainability is a let's pull that one out. Um, you know, less people traveling is always a good thing. Um, you know, if you think about an event, 90% of carbon emissions would come from people traveling to that event. Um, all, all of a sudden, with people attending remotely, you know, you're kind of uh, already looking at um, some benefits to that. Um, and from an accessibility point of view, you know, that's that's going to open up events to a lot of people that, you know, might not have been able to attend those. So, um, yeah, I, I probably gone too far over there in terms of answering that question but it's a question that's very close to my heart and I I think we we are sort of focused very much now on the future and and what um what changes what positive changes will come out and and how things are are moving forward 
Yeah, I like the focus on positive. That's something we always try and focus on at NDA. And it's true, lots of things such as less need for travel, that sort of stuff are already positive. However, uh, we're, in, we're in this new future now where I guess first events have kind of proved their worth. You know, the technology is sound now, everyone knows how to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So what's the future for events? Are we going to see every event now going to be hybrid, a mix of virtual and, and real? I've, I've, I fear that hybrid is is the way forward. And, um, you know, I, I think fear is perhaps not a great way to start talking about hybrid events um, because it, it's, it, I think we're in that process now of experimentation that we were at kind of this time last year where so many events went virtual um, that there were, you know, all of those kind of first awkward virtual events that took place and the technology now has moved on massively and, and teams upskilled to the extent that, you know, there's there aren't any of those concerns now, or if there are concerns, it's, um, you know, they're, they're sort of being ironed out. With hybrid events, um, I think they are, uh, you know, going to be completely necessary moving forward. Um, we, we've all got far less time, I think, as a result of working remotely. I think this is a, a really key point when, when thinking about how people want to attend events and the time they have to, to attend events. We're working with um, diaries that are now filled full of uh, Zoom meetings, um, whereas, you know, you might have had two or three meetings in your diary to go and see clients. Now you probably have six or seven. Um, so everyone's time is, is reduced. You've got some people that are really keen to work from home and continue working from home and some people that really want to return to the office. So when you think about people's um, aims and objectives for attending events, um, there are there's going to be that split now between people that you know really, really want to be in the room and other people that just want to watch the event in their own time. So having that flexibility and that choice is going to be crucial, I think, for most organisers uh, and attendees kind of moving forward. Um, the, um, the, the There are, of course, other benefits with hybrid as well. Um, organisers are obviously now very, very aware of, of the the reach of their event and how that can be uh, increased by adding that virtual element to them. And the analytics that you can get from virtual events are, of course, far superior to what you can get from a live event. So, again, I've returned to the positive side, having started about thinking about, you know, the, the fear factor. Um, but, yeah, I, I think hybrid is is, uh, is the way forward, definitely. What about the uh, networking element of events, because as you just said, you know, some people might like to watch the conference in their, in their bedroom. You know, content is obviously the sort of bedrock of an event, but also so is networking. Can hybrid events, it hopes, replicate real-world networking? No, I don't think they can. Um, you know, I think, I think there's been lots and lots of people looking at this um, from an engagement point of view. Um, you know, having having um, platforms that offer sort of live chat, having attendees log in maybe a month before the event to start building profiles, to start networking before the events even started, networking during the event. It's just really difficult to, uh, I, I guess, have those sort of serendipitous moments where you sort of bump into somebody that you've not seen for, for a few months or even years at an event um, and get talking. Um, we, I mean, we're social animals at the end of the day. So I, I think having that that sort of networking element come via a screen is is uh, is very difficult to force. So I don't think at the moment it feels to me that there is a platform or um, a format for the event which necessarily engenders that same 
kind of connection that you get from meeting someone. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, LinkedIn and and forums like that, where you are kind of making those connections, they can happen prior to an event taking place, but more often they happen after you've met somebody. Uh, so it, it's 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 just I think looking at, at how we can we can make that work. Um, but at the moment, I don't feel that it's really there. Um, that interaction is is just not something which is 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 working from a virtual perspective. And what about when we go back, sort of? full times so this is the real world as we're inching towards uh and events that were once sort of flagpole events in di- different industries become full again and people are traveling is there a danger that we will will lose the virtual elements that get sidelined as just the the screen in the corner as it used to be years ago or, or is the strength of the virtual event industry that's sort of grown over the last 18 months going to make sure that continues um, I, I think that the virtual element is is going to be there for for quite some time. Um, the, um, the the options there, I, I think, for people to attend remotely sort of need to be there. Um, and uh, you know, I think organisers will probably question, perhaps more, whether or not an event has to be in person as to whether or not it has a virtual element. So, you know, do these people actually have to be meeting? Or could this be completely managed online with a with the platform? Um, because the costs involved, of course, now for hybrid uh, formats is is far more than what um, organisers would have budgeted for an in person event uh, in the old world. Uh, so, so adding on that virtual element is 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 not a is not a massive cost really compared to the cost of putting on an in person event that then has a virtual element. So, I think the the argument turned around is you know what's the what's the objectives what's the aims of your event do these people have to be in the room or could this be managed um kind of in person what what do you think is the, the future is going to be for the different financial models of events because you obviously you have also put on events bespoke events with clients and then all the industry events that, that earn their money through ticket sales as well as sponsorship how are financial models for events generally going to change as we go into a, a purely hybrid world yeah, that's that's a really good thought. I mean, we um, as a company, I, I suppose the majority of the work that we do with clients, uh, they tend events tend to be um, uh, either free to attend in that they're internal events for uh, for clients, or they are external facing events uh, and not necessarily ticketed. But we have worked on a few um, festivals um, that have been ticketed for for um, for the last sort of year or so. Um, so I think. Again, it comes back to content and it comes back to um, you know the aims of the event and what um, what value um, can be added from 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 a sponsor's perspective as well. A lot of a lot of events will will um, use sponsorship to uh, to make that event worthwhile and uh, you know also from a ticketing point of view, you know do you charge more if uh, you are attending in person or do you charge less if you are just watching it digitally? Um, do you charge a little bit less for people that just want the on-demand ticket so they don't get to watch it live? I think there's there's a hierarchy there, isn't there, of, of pricing in a way. Um, and I think you've got to think about that alongside the attendee experience. You know, how do you want people to um, to to kind of consume the content of your event? Um, do you want people to have that live experience, or do you want them just to be able to sort of, um, or do you want the, do you want the on-demand content to be just as valuable? Um, than, than the live. Um, so 
that's really got to come from, I think, uh, what the event is intended to be achieving. Um, and it, it will, ha- I think it will come down to what sponsors want as well with an event, you know, what, what value can be added. I've, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, thousands and thousands spent on really, um, really technologically advanced virtual exhibition stands and then nobody actually visited the exhibition stand and you know you you're left with um you know with not much return for that investment so you know the whatever you're adding to your event it really needs to 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 be able to demonstrate a return on investment otherwise there's no point in having it there so it's uh it's i think yeah it comes down to really thinking and planning your content effectively great i like the way you mentioned sort of really advanced stands there's no one there that's definitely the case so what's been your favorite event over the last 18 months uh broadsword large or otherwise and why you don't got to name, name the client but you know what was so good about it what made it stand out to miss the the huge number of hybrid and virtual events over the last 18 months Wow, that's that's a good question. That's a difficult one to choose because there, there's been there's been some really you know really great sort of standout ones. Um, we've um, we've worked uh, with one particular client for about ten years um, as a client within the financial sector, uh, and we did an event series for them um, this summer, which was uh, designed to connect with their UK and global uh, customer base um, who were small to medium sized businesses. Um, and it was uh, designed to be a virtual event series, but the way that we filmed it, I think, was 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 quite interactive. Uh, so rather than use a kind of a green screen sort of setup, we we set up a studio environment with a professional journalist and broadcaster. Uh, I think always having a good host is is the key to, um, to some good virtual events as well. Uh, and so we had um, basically all of the the sessions. Uh, that were around sort of educating uh, this sort of client base on different ways of growing your business, whether that was sort of expanding globally or or looking for uh, investment uh, opportunities and also um, topics around well-being for your workforce, uh, diversity, sustainability, inclusion, um, all of those topic areas were covered. Um, so the the live there was a live host kind of link up in the studio. They had remote callers dialing in. It felt very much like um, a, like a news night or a one show type of presentation, which worked really well. Um, we had a platform that we built for that event as well. So uh, again, I was talking about getting attendees engaged sort of earlier on in the process. Everybody could log in about a month before, create the profile for themselves, create um, kind of where they were. Uh, going to be viewing the content from so they could view it in their time zone, their language, they could pick their topic areas they were most interested in. Uh, and then it would plot everyone on a map. So when you logged into the platform, you could immediately see, oh, who's logged in from London? We've got 12 people here. Um, you know, who, what are these people's interests? So you could then really start to delve down into uh, the different attendee client base um, and make those connections, which perhaps you wouldn't have made um, at the remote, you know, at, at the live event. You know, arguably looking at sort of the global kind of um, picture, because we had attendees also um, dialing in from from places like Mexico, Hong Kong, China. There was there was a huge variety of people involved in that. Um, and then it was um, a question of, you know, for the on-demand content, it was it was arranged very much like a sort of an iPlayer or Netflix experience. So go in and, and select the content you want to see, and then it would make suggestions uh, about other content based on that what you picked. So it was it was a really um, 
it's a really nicely rounded uh, kind of project that took about six weeks um, in terms of the broadcast uh, dates. And um, then we were obviously editing it after that. So yeah, that one's a standout for me just because there were so many different kind of moving parts to it. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Superb event. Lots to learn from there. So Diane, thank you so much. It's been a great chat and really some insightful and also useful information for listeners. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks very much, Justin. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.